back, everyone. It's episode 61 of Murphy's Law. Last week, we had a record-breaking 60th episode. This week, we've blown that away with our 61st episode of Murphy's Law Podcast. We're so grateful for you guys to continue tuning in and listen to us jabber. Uh, yesterday, uh, we're recording now on Sunday. Yesterday was the huge DC Fandome event, and we've got so much to break down, uh, in addition to catching up with some other things we missed since last time we chatted. But first, let's check in with Charles and see how he's doing today. Man, yesterday was pretty fucking huge, and we've got actually a lot to talk about, but I'm doing well. Uh, how about you? I'm good. This is my last day of uh, of my very, very long weekend that started back in March. Uh, I've been on one continuous weekend for five months, but tomorrow I go back to work. So a uh, little, little anxious to see what how all, how all this goes, but yeah, I'm good and uh, pretty excited about all the stuff we saw last night. Yeah, so um, you want to get to it? You want to start with, I guess, the uh, the most talked about trailer or panel from yesterday, The Batman with the Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves. We got a trailer. We got some details about the, uh, the, uh, the, the HBO Max series and everything. We got the first look at, at fucking Riddler, who looks like the Zodiac in the David Fincher movie. And, oh, my God, there's just so much to take. But first things first, what do you, what do you think of the trailer? Probably more impressive than the trailer was Matt Reeves' introduction to the trailer um, and just listening to the passion he has for the project. And he continued uh, to, to repeat many times that this is going to be unlike any version of Batman we've ever seen. So when I saw the trailer, you can't argue with the guy. This is absolutely uh, a, an entirely different take on Bruce Wayne and Batman's story. Um, it, it is so, so crazy, so dark. And I think like you, you contrast it to the Suicide Squad stuff that we saw earlier in the day. And it's uh, it is something something else. And it's impressive that they got anything together, considering how little of the film they shot. But you get a pretty good idea of um, of like the, the mystery that's going on, uh, of, of like the fact that it is going to be focused on uh, on Bruce doing some detective work for a change. But you also got that one like really violent scene where he just beat the piss out of that one guy and, and told him he was he was vengeance. Um, and I, I was impressed with it, especially given the, the brief amount of time they were able to work on the film. I'm excited to continue to see what it turns out into being when it's all done. Uh, but, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. What do you think? My God, like. Just from the music alone, they use fucking Nirvana, something in the way they, they remixed it into something very, a lot more brooding and a lot more, I guess, I guess more eerie and scary, terrifying. It sounds, re- it sounds really fucking scary, the music. And like, I, I, I guess I was very, very, like, I went and watched it this morning as soon as I woke up. I didn't watch any of the panels and whatnot. I just saw the trailer right from the get-go. I was kind of, I was, I was taken aback a bit of, on how, um... On how grounded it is, it's like I'm sort of part of me was sort of expecting, I guess, a return to the more comic book roots that Nolan's films avoided. And I guess we're getting that with Justice League, and we're getting that with the Flash and all the the Flashpoint stuff. Where we're getting Keaton and Affleck, but I guess a part of me was sort of expecting, oh shit, Matt Reeves is the Batman. We're gonna get some actual comic book stuff that that was sorely missing from the Nolan stuff, but. I mean, it's hard to complain but once you watch the trailer and see the tone of it. Once you see what they're going for, they're going for a really fucking scary take on the Riddler that that's never been seen. I saw someone like on our on our mention, Twitter mention say that it really resembled the Zodiac character from David Fincher's movie, and 
Yeah, the trailer sort of evokes that David Fincher seven esque tone where you know it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be with a lot of a lot of gory, deep, dark shit that you know just from the the the, the shot of um the Riddler um taping this guy's head and you hear the guy sort of suffocate, asphyxiate, and it's like holy shit. There is, are we really gonna? Are we really, really gonna get this dark with this movie? But yeah, it looks like it. And you know, did you see that 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 shot of a uh, Colin Farrell looking like totally someone else? Yeah. You see that? That was that was wild. Yeah, and I, there's people arguing back and forth on the internet all night on Twitter about whether or not that was him. The fact that we 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 it's really hard to it just shows how far they're really going for with the stake on um. Couple pot, but yeah, I mean, I fucking love the trailer. Uh, I, I like the, uh, I like that. I like, I like. Um, what's his name? Um, Paul Daniels' accent. He, I, I'm surprised how of how deep his voice sounds. Like, uh, he kind of sounds like, I don't know. Just I haven't seen it in the movie in a while, but he kind of reminds me of Tom Hardy's Bane. Where <laughs> you, you got this, you got this big guy, and he has like a very tiny voice, and you got this tiny guy who's Paul Daniels. He got like a very fucking deep voice. I wonder if it's just. If that's just for show or that's really um, Nigma's voice in, in in this story, but man, there's just so much to take, and we got to first look at Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, who looked great with a with a pointy. She got the pointy ear, sort of a balaclava and whatnot. But yeah, I'm 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 very excited for this, and I also got to give props to it, to Jeffrey Wright, who when you hear Jeffrey Wright's voice in the trailer, you know it's Jeffrey Wright, and seeing him as um. As Gordon has me very excited. Also has me. It also has me very excited for the uh, the HBO Max series, which uh, Matt Reeves confirmed to be sort of the year one of this sort of his Batman universe, with the movie being the second year of it. But yeah, I'm very excited, and I cannot wait to see more of this this movie down the road. He Reeves talked about it, you know, again like the year two here. And he kept commenting on on what what happened is that Batman would continue to find out just how corrupt Gotham City was, and uh, I know it led to some speculation by by Joe uh, that Joe, with who you guys have noticed in the last couple of weeks, writing for us is just an animal, right? Like the guy doesn't the guy may not sleep, but he <laughs> he offered up some speculation that maybe uh, they're going to do a take on the Court of Owls story and that that's just how deep the corruption in Gotham city is. And I know he's got a pretty interesting take on it that he's going to share with everybody uh, on the website. But I mean, it, it seems like the central theme of, of everything Reeves talked about is, is this, this very, very corrupt Gotham. How did it get to be that way? And uh, I'm with you though, on Jeffrey, Wright. Like that's something I didn't mention the first time I talked, watching him walk through and, and just hearing his voice and seeing what he's going to bring to the table. You, every, he doesn't miss when he does roles, just like, I mean, Matt Reeves doesn't miss when he, when he directs films. So yeah, I know this one got, uh, was everyone's kind of looking at it funny and it looks so much different. Uh, but, but I think one of the other panels kind of did a good job of explaining where, where this is going to stand in the multiverse compared to the other stories that they're telling. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one out of everything I saw yesterday. I'm most excited for this. I like the take, uh, and, and Reeves commented on this quite a bit too. Of I like the idea of taking a look at uh, as at, at Batman as the world's greatest detective, which is something that the, you know the Nolan movies really focused on uh, the first couple at least on his physicality, and then like 
his his reliance on the technology and in that relationship with Lucius Fox and everything. And that was very cool too. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see like what what looks like it's just going to be like a good old fashioned noir mystery uh, and and see what what different ideas Reeves brings to the table when he looks at Batman as the detective. And I also like how because the Nolan films they sort of brushed over the detective stuff with Bruce using super high 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 tech gadgets to figure out who shot the boat and whatnot. I like how. For the most part, at least in the trailer, Batman doesn't have any of that. It doesn't yeah. have any of the the high tech, futuristic minority report gadgets he has in the Nolan films. He's just like he has a cool car and maybe he has a bunch of computers, but that's it. So I hope they really lean into sort of the practical, you know, aspect of actually investigating, actual, you know, solving this mystery. The the I guess the uh. The rustic, I guess, the rustic um, way of uh, solving so, solving like something as complicated as the as the Riddler, and I cannot wait. But moving on to other stuff, we got so much to fucking talk about. Um, I guess we should move to the second biggest um, panel yesterday. James Gunn, The Suicide Squad. We got so much. He basically um, rolled called the entire cast. Who I don't know any of them. I don't know any of the characters he played, but. Just from their bonding throughout throughout that fucking Zoom chat, they seem like a really tight bunch to that. I, I hope that chemistry translates on screen, but out of all the uh, the James Gunn reveals yesterday, what excited you the most? Any particular character that you're excited for? Or are you, are you just simply excited for the movie? I'm, I'm with you. Like I'm, I don't know a ton about all those characters, and we're working through some stuff on the website right now where we're trying to introduce everyone else to them as well. Um, I guess what caught me, and I, I, may, I mentioned it just a little bit, um, what caught my attention the most was how, how vastly different this one looks from the first one. Uh, the first one is super dark, super gloomy. Um, even the color schemes are all muted when you watch it. I just watched part of it again the other day, and I had to end up turning it off because it was so bad. Like the Enchantress, when she's the, Enchant- the Enchantress looks like she's constantly in a state of seizure when she's casting spells or whatever she's doing. Like, it's just such a strange film. Um, but this one is just looks so bright and so colorful and, and they're, they're really not doing anything to mute those colors, right? Like they're just, it's just right in your face. And some of the costumes like peacemakers costume is so outlandish and so stupid looking. And and I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be super fun. I think it's going to be super irreverent. And before James Gunn hit like guardians of the galaxy, and took a shit all over some of my favorite comic book characters. He made a movie called Super. And I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen Super. But it's like, uh, I wouldn't call it a satire. It's more like a dark comedy uh, with Rain Wilson. And it's, and it's brilliant. And it's super irreverent and super bloody. And I, I kind of think that that Suicide Squad is going to be like a bigger scale one of those. Like where you've got just some crazy shit where they, they take a look at, at the world that these people live in and, and inhabit. And I think it's going to be an even bigger scale mess than what super was. And I love super. And I think that this film is going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be really, instead of something that I, I watch once and then turn off halfway through, I, I get the feeling it's going to be something I can watch more than once. The cast of characters they have, like you said, we don't know much from them, but just from, um, just from the name, I am particularly interested in getting to know who Polkadot man is. I know we have an article about that. And um, what's his name? The Doctor Who guy, 
Peter Capaldi. Who was he playing? Like the thinker, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, like like I guess the most exciting the the aspect I'm looking forward to the most in this movie is getting to know these characters, what their powers are, what their shtick is, or how they're even gonna sort of sort of um work in this, you know, James Gunn said this, this the movie was gonna be somewhat of a war movie and the behind the scenes videos does show them sort of fighting in this huge scale fight with a bunch of soldiers. So yeah, there's like there's like really a lot to look forward to here. John Cena as Peacemaker, he described himself as a sort of the the dickhead version of Captain America, which I think <laughs> totally fits um fits John Cena as a as a performer. It's it's like the perfect casting, but man, there's there's really a lot to like here. I like I I'm surprised that like I can't believe it, it's gonna be weird watching the first movie definitely after this movie comes out. That the first movie is gonna look way worse and way uglier once the movie comes out, and it's just gonna be like an awkward sort of part of the DC EU moving forward. I yeah, I have two um, two things I want to say before we hop off of this subject. One. Do you feel like the people at DC were like, okay, guys, let's sit down and let's make a list of people that would never be cast as Captain America, and then let's cast <laughs> that person as Peacemaker? <laughs> I think I think that's yeah. how they landed on John Cena. I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you have John Cena. He's a very charismatic dude. He also plays like a, 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 a dick bag really well. He's got that fucking that, that face for it. So, yeah, make him the asshole version of Captain America. It makes sense. It's a no-brainer. It's perfect. And then, two, you mentioned Peter Capaldi's The Thinker. And I'll, I'll leave this as, like, just a minor, minor, minor scoop, spoiler kind of thing. Um, he is not, at least when the film begins, he is not a member of Task Force X. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, he has a speaking, of like, speaking of semi-spoilers, we did find out yesterday that the bad guy of the movie was going to be Starro, who is... Well, According to, um, to, to Wikipedia, is probably one of the classic DC characters, one of the, mo- the most ridiculous characters to ever make comics, basically a fucking starfish with powers. <laughs> and uh, that alone just tells me how fun this movie is going to be. I hope that, I mean, I hope, I hope that they don't turn him into like a, like a, like a humanoid type character. I hope he just ends up being an evil starfish that they have to fight in this fucking island. I think that that using Starro is pretty great. Um, it, it seems super, it seems very, very much like something James Gunn would do, like just a, a completely crazy looking character. And one of the coolest things about Starro that I remember from, I want to say it was from a Justice League run, is like, he's like this giant telepathic starfish looking thing. And he, and he like, it, it's almost like the whole, um, the face huggers from Alien. Like he sends out little baby starros and they suck on their faces and then he can control them. So he like can mind control an entire population with those little baby starros or whatever they are. Um, yeah, I, I think that's going to be such a such a weird part of the character. So not only is he like this giant, enormous, I don't know, almost like a kaiju, right? Um, you then have you then have this this these crazy powers and I don't know who the hell created them or thought them up, but it's, it's genius. Like. Hey, what's the what's the least scary thing in the world? A starfish. Yeah, but what if we made it really fucking big and gave it the ability to control your mind? Uh oh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Like, 
wherever they were when they did that. Good for them. Did they confirm Taika Waititi as the voice of Starro? I never found out. I, I was in and out of that panel because I was writing stuff at the time. So I never found out if he was confirmed as the voice of Starro or of King Shark. Uh, I don't I don't know what which voice he was supposed to do or if he was even confirmed as a voice. I just saw a lot, a lot of talk about that online and I missed that part of the panel. Man, I hope he's voicing Starro because it'd be like the perfect fucking... It's, it's perfect for Taika. I mean, you, one look at Taika, you see his work. I'd be surprised if he wasn't Starro. But, but moving on to the next, the third biggest plan, at least for us, was the, is the Wonder Woman one where we got a trailer, we got some details, we got a very, very awkward community with some fans. Um, but yeah, I think the Wonder Woman one I really like because we got to look at Cheetah, who they've been sort of masking, keeping a secret for the past couple of months. We only saw her through a bunch of leaked concept arts, leaked some merchandise. But we got to look at Cheetah. We got a better, um, clear cut look at the story, what's it going to be, and how it's sort of uh, how it ties into Pedro Pascal. What's his character's name? Max, Max, Max Lord. Max Lord. Yeah, how it ties into that, and um, some cool action scenes with Diana and her and her the classic golden armor of Wonder Woman and whatnot. But what do you think of the trailer, and what are you looking forward to the most with uh, the movie? I think the thing that stuck out to me from the trailer, we had already seen the 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 cool the cool shot of Diana lassoing the lightning and riding it, but oh, some yeah. of the other action that they showed, uh, especially some of like in the showdowns with her and Cheetah. The action in this movie looks great. I think the action in the first movie was good too, but the, it looks like they've really turned it up and it looks really, really interesting. And now to see her get to square off with Cheetah um, and, and get a look at her, I was I was excited about that. Uh, I thought Max Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord was crazy. Like he he's so smug and douchey. Uh, I, I think that that that's great. I think it's like uh, it kind of reminded me of his character in the Kingsman sequel um a little bit just in the fact that like as soon as you saw him you automatically dislike him uh which is so <laughs> weird because because pedro pascal is like the most likable guy it seems like um but yeah he really he really sells like how big of a douchebag maxwell lord is um but i think i think the big thing the big takeaway there is like cheetah's not the really the primary antagonist of the piece and it is going to be maxwell lord who's the who's the bigger threat right like cheetah's almost like the distraction to wonder woman uh, well, Maxwell Lord tries to do the dirty work. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't know anything about Ma- Maxwell Lord, so I am curious on how, like, what what exactly is going on? Why is um, Chris Pine? Why is uh, Steve Trevor alive? Why? How does um, Kristen Wiig turn into the cheat? I'm I am very curious. Um, part of part of part the thing that sort of I guess disappointed me in the trailer was seeing how CGI Cheetah was. Like, I'm sure it's not that's not the final look at the character. There's a little, hashing things out, but I was expecting a more, I guess, practical look at the character. I mean, we see her running running up a wall in the, in the dark fighting Wonder Woman, but it looked pretty cool, but just seeing the screenshots of Cheetah, it, it didn't look like Kristen Wiig at all, but again, it's, it's such a minor thing, and I'm sure it's, it's, it's going to be a, a smash hit, but oh, there's that. Um, I guess uh, you want to talk about the Justice League stuff, which we got a bunch of uh, confirmations about that. We know that uh, Zack Snyder is basically going to turn his magnum opus into a four-hour series. So that's going to be fucking long when they sort of decide to 
release a four-hour cut, which I'm sure they, which I think they also announced yesterday. But you saw the Snyder Cut trailer. What do you think? I know Zach shitted on a very prominent critic yesterday for saying it looked like some of the stuff that wasn't used. Which, I mean, I don't say anything wrong with that. I mean, the stuff wasn't used technically, so I don't know why he's fucking up in arms at, over it. But yeah, what do you think about the Snyder Cut trailer? And are you excited for the four-hour miniseries? I think yesterday was a was a day of high sensitivity for people on the internet. A lot of hurt feelings yesterday, including uh, including Snyder's. But the the idea of it being a four hour a four part miniseries, four one hour chunks is gonna be is gonna be good at first because like I if he drops a four hour movie on HBO Max, I'm not even gonna be able to sit down and watch it. Like I couldn't even tell you the next time I could sit down for four straight hours and watch something. So I'm excited for that. Um, I thought the trailer itself um, was a little bit pretentious with uh, playing the music that they played and and making it seem like it was like this big, like like, really like a biblical event um, because everyone's been waiting for it for so long. But that's him playing up to the the very intense fandom that's grown around it. Right. Um, But it looked fine. I mean, like the. The the biggest thing to me is being actually actually being able to see dark side and being actually tied into that that whole the the anti life equation that we you know and, and all the stuff that was hinted at that was removed. I'm excited for that angle of it. But again, like I don't think the point that a lot of the stuff that's in in this movie is is still going to be stuff we've already seen. I don't think that's a that's an invalid point. I think that's obvious. So I'm not sure where the where the touchiness came there. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see how they put the the stuff that was cut. How do they integrate it in? How does it change the overall story? And it, you know, it looks fine. I think it looks um, like it's gonna be something. I'm we've talked about this before. Like I'm gonna sit down and watch, and I'm gonna be interested to see how it comes together. And I think it's one of the more intriguing stories in movies in the last five to ten years because you 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 now have this like this director's cut that you know. I, I, a decade ago, I would have never seen the light of day, but now we've got like the, the fandom has social media and, and and they've, they've made this happen. So I think that alone is, is worth making. Yeah. I think the thing that put put me off to the trailer was the uh, excessive, like you watch it, 90% of the trailers, just like a bunch of (laughs) slow-mo. Yeah. It seemed over excessive. And like you said, the trailer had that sort of inflated sense of importance that hallelujah, like, holy shit, it's happening. But in reality, it's like, yeah, I guess it's cool. But also, I don't know how how much this can, how, how better this can get. How 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 much how much of an improvement this this movie can get, especially when the direction is sort of all over the place. But yeah, when that shit drops, the four hour series, I'm fucking like you. I'm gonna fucking eat this shit up. So yep. there's that. Um. Next up is The Flash, where we got a first look at Barry's new costume and a pretty cool concept part of him fighting side to side with Michael Keaton's um, Batman. Uh, they did say in the, in the Flash panel that this movie is the, sort of the key to open the multiverse, and they were very, very blatant about how, how yeah, this multiverse exists. Everything in the DC universe you've seen prior in the previous years, that's canon in the multiverse and sort of teases the, the possibilities of it sort of tying in together. Um, were you excited for The Flash? And was there anything yesterday that really hyped you up? I think the most exciting part of yesterday's Flash panel for me 
was the inclusion of Lego Batman in the DC multiverse. Um, yeah. That that movie I have watched more than any other DC movie with my kids. My youngest daughter absolutely loves it. Um, that's my favorite Batman movie. So the fact that, that that'll now be a legitimate part of the, the DC canon and the DC multiverse of, of movies is the most exciting thing from the Flash panel for me. But But I think just the idea that the Flash... Uh, you know, they're, they're taking Flashpoint, which is probably one of my favorite comic book arcs ever, whether it's Marvel or DC. I think that that's such a that was such an interesting take on, on the Flash's powers and what he could do. And, and also like how how crazy the repercussions were of what happened. Um, I think the fact that they're using that to open up the multiverse is, is really interesting. I think that's going to be the coolest part about this, because now people can stop bitching about well that's not part of the universe this is that like the joker movie they all are they all take place on different earths they all have their own place where they fit and i think that the, the multiverse concept is one of the coolest things from comics that that has allowed creators to continue to you know have different takes on characters and it, maybe they aren't for everybody but they find their place and it's been that way in comics and now we can calm down about um the movies like i, I don't i'm i'm not a big fan of the joker film and you said Last night, I think we were talking, and you said that, uh, man, the Batman movie looks really grounded, like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker could have taken place in this kind of a universe. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. he would have got his ass kicked in 35 seconds, but sure, he could have. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I think now all that stuff goes away, and you just say, like, all right, this took place on, on a different Earth. This took place on a different Earth. And I'm excited for that because it, it just means that now everybody's been right. Okay, Everybody can be happy now. There doesn't have to be arguments anymore about what counts and what doesn't. And I think that was a good choice for them. Um, and now they can, can, you know, it seems like you've got this group of characters with Ezra Miller's Flash and, and the group of people that we saw in the Justice League that can still be the shared universe while we still go out and tell all these other, other stories and give other creators a chance to do stuff. And I'm, I'm really happy about that. Speaking of the Joker and Batman, Joker would have been totally doing the Batman beat up in the trailer. That was it. That's- <laughs> That's basically him. But yeah, I think I think um, we we missed this um, this this topic last week. But they also announced that Ben Affleck was reprising his role um, as as Bruce Wayne in the movie, and we know Michael Keaton showing up. So I am curious how like how that dynamic is going to change. Like Barry Allen, Ezra Miller, he has his own sort of relationship with Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. I wonder how that's going to change when he meets Michael Keaton's. Um, Batman, as we know, what's going to happen in the just based on the concept part. I wonder if you know his relationship with the Batman will be like a stepdad's kind of thing, where yes, he he's got like two dads or something. It's going to be like the bat fun sort of sort of crossover when where we see Michael Keaton hang out with the Ben Affleck's Batman. But I am I am excited for for Ben returning at least once. I I'm glad that he's excited for it. Also, I know that there was a report that the only thing that I guess drew him to returning to the cow was the prospect of it being in a multiverse story like Flashpoint. So I'm excited with that. But moving on with the next one, we have... Hang on, hang on. Can, you see, can you see this happening? You're talking about like him, like Ezra Miller running into Keaton. And think about yeah. like Keaton's, Keaton's Batman movie. And I can totally see this being a thing that they'll do. Uh, Ezra Miller's Flash gets somehow stranded on this alternate Earth, runs into Batman and does like the, who are you? And Keaton says, I'm Batman. And Ezra Miller's like, no, you're not, right? Like, that's totally a thing that they're going to do. Yeah. I, I, if they don't fucking do that, because Ezra Miller has got some 
he's got some pretty good comedy chops. So if they don't do that bit, I'd be bummed. But yeah, moving on to the next one. Uh, Black Adam JSA. We got some uh, some confirmation that your boy Hawkman showing up. Adam Smasher is here. Doctor Fate, Cyclone. Um, the Rock basically teased what this movie might be, where he's sort of, I guess, the big bad. But he also stated that there could be like sort of a twist somewhere where they maybe band together or something. But we got also a concept art for 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 the Rock's Black Adam. But what do you think? Are you excited? Are you excited for more of The Rock? Are you excited that the Black Adam movie is finally happening after fucking 20,000 years? No, I I know that um, a lot of times I am I, I watch like Vince Vaughn go through 10 movies and be the exact same person or Melissa McCarthy play the exact same person, right? They don't, they don't ever inhabit roles. They just behave the way that they behaved. And I know people be like, yeah, but you didn't see True Detective. Well, sure, but like for 10 years, Vince Vaughn just was Vince Vaughn in every movie he was ever in, right? And so... I think I'm critical of that, but then The Rock has never done anything other than be The Rock in every movie he's ever in, but it works like 90% of the time because he he chooses roles where it works. And so um, I'm curious to see how he carries that over into this role. I know he's super passionate about the role and the character, uh, but I don't know that that The Rock just being The Rock is going to work. Uh, you know, I can't imagine the, the, you know, him in when he, the, the character he is in Jumanji, for instance, working in this <laughs> role. So, so I'm really interested to see what he brings to the table in Black Adam. Um, I think it's gonna, it's gonna really fall back on his old, um, his wrestling skills, right? Where he has yeah. to really, really dig into being the asshole or being the heel. Um, but he's so excited about it. And you can tell, like, when you listen to him talk that, he wants it to be something special. I'm excited for the JSA. I think everyone that listens to this um, by now knows that Hawkman is one of my favorite DC Comics characters. So I'm super excited for that to see who they land um, and just to see him on the big screen. And I hope that that this means that at some point, whether it's a, an HBO Max series or, or a movie, that we can see Hawkman have his own set of adventures. But yeah, this is going to be really cool. It's, um, you know, it starts out back 5,000 years in the past with uh, Adam being a slave and then trying to break free from that and then being imprisoned. And it looks like uh, he's imprisoned in like the heart of darkness, which is like that little purple gem that you catch in uh, one of the background things. And then he somehow breaks free of that prison um, 5,000 years later and comes into the modern day and his, his face has to face off with Hawkman and Dr. Fate and uh, Adam Smasher and Cyclone. And who knows if there'll be some other characters in there too, but Man, it seems pretty epic, and I guess the thing that I'll be most excited for is I don't think you bring Hawkman into a movie, and especially not against a character like Black Adam and a guy of Dwayne Johnson's physicality without there being some serious hardcore fight that they have planned, and I'm I'm yeah. excited to see how that works out. Like, I really want to see just a bloody, nasty fight between Hawkman and Black Adam. Uh, moving on to Shazam, which they where they dropped the... Official title for the for the movie, which is Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Now I don't know I don't know much about Shazam, but I've heard that the Fury of Fury of the Gods is a comic book arc. Is that correct? It, it's it's part of. So one of the guys on the site last night uh, mentioned that this was reminded him of a cover uh, that that he remembered having a comic for from at some point, and it was part of a, an arc I think called Genesis where they talked about this God wave moving from the source wall in, in the DC universe. And, uh, it, it, you know, on the first pass, it gave the gods their powers. And on the second pass, it, it empowered demigods and stuff. 
and I don't know exactly how it's going to tie into Shazam, but it definitely seems it seems like it could fit. Um, the cover has like all the different gods, like the old gods you would think of, um, the the mythological gods on it. And we know that Shazam draws his power from those. And I guess in this arc, the interesting thing that happened was that Shazam and Mary, um, who turns into whatever, Mary Marvel or whatever, they get stuck and are unable to transform back into their the kids. So when they when they say Shazam, they just remain stuck as the superheroes and are unable to to return to their other forms. So I don't know if that's where this goes in the movie or not. I mean, they gave away very, very little. They had Sinbad on the panel, which was super strange and and has everybody <laughs> confused. No one's sure if he's in the movie or not in the movie or what's going on. Um, but it was, you know, it was cool. I was I was excited um, when this one got you know greenlit shortly after Shazam hit theaters because I thought Shazam was a lot of fun. So I'm I'm excited to to see where it goes. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually get to to, to catch the panel, but yeah, I I heard that Sinbad shows up, but I was also like confused. I thought it was like some <laughs> some kind of inside joke that that I guess that flew over my head, but. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I like Shazam the movie. Um, I, I distinctly having fun. I, I distinctly remember having fond memories or, or having fond reaction to watching it happen. I, I found it very funny. I like the, I like the kids. I like all the the adults that they got to play um, the Marvel family. So I'm very excited. Um, what I'm not very excited about is sort of this Aquaman panel where they sort of just I guess confirmed that they were going to new worlds and that. Ocean Master was returning. I mean, I'm surprised that Jason Momoa didn't show up. They just got Patrick Wilson and um, and uh, James Swan, but I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the Aquaman stuff? Yeah, I was a little disappointed. Um, I, I wonder, it was weird that Momoa wasn't around. I wonder if he's busy doing something else or what, what the deal was, because he wasn't for he wasn't on any of the panels that you'd expect him in. And it was. It wasn't. There, I mean, there's nothing to talk about, right? It was legitimately Juan and Wilson saying, hey, Wilson's back for the second one and uh, they're going to explore new worlds. And that was it. So it was it was weird that they even bothered to put it out there if that's all they were going to do. But it did fill, you know, eight minutes of time or whatever it was. So, you know, that's that's something. But, yeah, I, we know we know very little about it. It's probably a year away from even beginning filming anyway. So so we'll give them a pass on this one. Uh, I didn't love the first Aquaman. It, it's. I mean, my kids loved it. I think we've talked about that before. So I've watched it two or three times. But um, yeah, we'll see. Juan, just like a lot of these other filmmakers that DC has, Juan is super passionate about what he's doing here. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt and see what he comes up with. I would have loved it if they sort of gave us sort of an update on the uh, like the Aquaman spin-ups they were having. Like the, didn't they have like a horror underwater story? The trench or like the deep or something like that. I would have preferred if... If they gave an update to that rather than just saying Ocean Master was returning because Ocean Master was pretty, he was pretty bad in the movie. I mean, Patrick wasn't as a as a tremendous actor, but yeah, he didn't get to do much in uh in that CGI crap fest. No. Uh, so I think that that does it for the uh all the some of the DC stuff that that went on yesterday. Uh, we did get to see some trailers. Some game trailers, which I know you're not really interested in, but I like the uh, the Gotham Knights one. The the game trailer looked pretty good, and the, the Suicide Squad because the Justice League trailer was so so funny. I recommend everyone to check it out and have a laugh at what what happened in the trailer. Pretty good. But uh, moving on to the the Marvel stuff, we have some stuff that we missed last week and some stuff that dropped. Uh, starting with you, you dropped the uh, 
I guess the confirmation that the grass-fed productions, which we talked about last week, was was one of the LLCs they they registered. Some people said that it might be for the Bambi movie, but we know now that it's a Marvel Studios production. We also know now that Captain Marvel Two is filming in the UK. Can you share more deets on this? Yeah, that was that was a a really exciting morning for me. I could not sleep. I woke up at like right at 5 a.m. for no reason, could not fall back asleep. So I hopped on my phone and I started doing some digging around and it wasn't too awful long. It was about four minutes later. Um, I found the confirmation that I had been looking for, for grass fed, that it was for sure going to be a Marvel Studios property and that it's going to film in the UK, which I think is interesting um, for a couple different reasons. And then I also, like you said, found out that Captain Marvel has um, has booked itself for the UK as well. And I think people are getting confused that if you shoot in the UK, that means that your your movie is going to take place in Britain, which isn't the case at all. When these guys file these these movies for overseas, they're filing they're, they're trying to take up studio space. So it's just like Star Wars has always filmed at Pinewood UK. Star Wars doesn't take place in the fucking UK. So there's there's no guarantee that these movies will take place in the UK. They're doing it so they can get the sets and and the stages uh, reserved. And so that's the important part here. Now, it does give them access when you're in the UK, uh, easy access to other locations, which is one of the reasons Star Wars always shoots over there because they go to some pretty cool locations in Europe. But, yeah, we have no idea on that. The thing with grass-fed that continues to to be for in the forefront of my brain is that the only two projects, I think we talked about this a couple days ago, but the only two projects that we know are announced by Marvel Studios that did not have registered production companies were Fantastic Four and Blade. We think Solve Everything is Fantastic Four, so that leaves Blade for grass-fed, and, and I just continue to, and there's so many weird little connections like like Blade of Grass could even be, it could even be that stupid, but in, in the original Blade movies and in all vampire movies, they just continue to refer to humans as livestock and cattle. And so I continue to think that this is going to be Blade. Now, Blade, having um, access to being able to be in the UK and Europe, would be really convenient for a, a, a property like Blade that was traditionally Blade's from the UK. He hunted vampires all over Europe. So I think that would be super convenient for that one to film in, in Pine at Pinewood, UK, because when they want to go on location, they can go to places that would be authentic to the comics. Whoa, man, I didn't even know fucking the Blade was from the UK. Yeah. And, in you know, that was one of the they can they totally glossed that over in the original trilogy. And now you have, you know, Mahersha Ali is obviously not a, a British dude, but there's no reason to to think that he can't throw a British accent out there for for a yeah. movie. Right. I mean, that you can totally. The guy's one of the best actors out there right now. I'm sure he can he can swing it. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's from the UK and, and like he has all these ties to all this. You know, like one of the things Marvel did in the comics was they they took advantage of all the, the great mythology of the UK and then of all the great mythology of Europe. Um, and so vampires, you know, would have originated um, in Europe and all this. The, the idea of all the mysticism surrounding King Arthur and, and Great Britain and all that. And so they really took advantage of that stuff when they started doing European and, and British characters. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if grass fed is blade and that they do plan on getting out into England and across Europe to film some, some really cool locations that will um, really separate this from the original trilogy, which took place in America. I mean, I, I think they want as much as 
Kevin Feige actually worked on the third film. And as much as he, you know, likes those movies and respects uh, Wesley Snipes, I think just like with Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and X-Men, they, they need to make their own mark with this and, and separate it and Ghost Rider as well and separate it from those original properties. You also mentioned in your article that grass-fed may have something to do with Spider-Woman, which we're going to get into the next topic. But uh, what makes you think that Spider-Woman may have sort of a connection to this grass-fed sort of idea? Yeah, it's such a weird, such a weird connection. But one of the one of the followers on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was, and I apologize if you're listening. Please uh, tweet at me again, and I'll I'll give you a shout out because I, I I mean, to be honest with you, over the course of a day, I have a thousand different things that pop up on my Twitter feed, and I did not pay attention to who said this, and I apologize. Um, but in the comics, Jessica Drew was actually raised by one of the high evolutionaries, new men that uh, as a nanny, and so he turned a cow into a, an evolved person cow and her name was bova and she she raised jessica drew um as her nanny until she kind of took off and went to an orphanage and so we have no idea if the spider woman movie is just a sony property or a sony marvel studios collaboration and i know people get really offended and upset when i say like we don't know but we don't know like and and i'm sure that it's it's more likely that it is just a sony thing than it is a sony marvel studios collaboration but until we know i'm going to continue to say we don't know because we don't fucking know. So I don't know why you get so pissed, but calm down. Um, if, it, if it is the Sony Marvel Studios collaboration, Marvel Studios would register the production company. Uh, Marvel Studios would take care of all that while Sony would pick the date. And so there's that possibility, that really thin connection to BOVA, that this could be Spider-Woman if it is a, a collaborative effort. If it isn't, if it's just a Sony film, then there's this, this grass-fed would have nothing to do with Spider-Woman. Yeah, speaking of uh, Sony films and Spider-Woman, um, they found a director for Spider-Woman. They found Olivia Wilde and for, for Craven the Hunter, a project that's been sort of gestating for, for a very long time with Sony, they found, um, I forgot his name, J.C. Chander, if I'm not mistaken. He's the guy who directed um, Triple Fonte on, on Netflix. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited for... Spider-Woman getting a director like Olivia Wilde. You know, I, I think we talked about it before and I had said I hadn't seen Booksmart. Um, I actually have. My wife and I watched Booksmart a while ago and it was pretty clever and pretty funny. It just took me, I did not recognize the name because I didn't sit down when we started watching it. And I just, in, like, I caught it like 10 minutes in. I had no idea what the name of the movie was, but I watched it with my wife and it is actually a really, a really funny and a really clever movie. Um, I, obviously, it's light years away from what Spider-Woman's going to be, but I know she's bringing on the same writer. And I think what's I think it's always important when um, if you have as a creator, like a director like this, if you have somebody that you feel super comfortable with as your writer, I like that that studios allow these people to continue to work together in teams because, I mean, you and I have been have been working together for I don't know how long it's been now, five, five years or so. And, and I think like obviously on a, on a way smaller level, but like you and I are super comfortable with each other, criticizing each other's stuff giving i giving ideas and saying hey this will work better instead and, and I'll, I'll go to you and say like hey what should the headline for this be and you'll go to me and say hey will you read this over and i think that relationship is important for people who are doing creative stuff to have someone they trust so i think first and foremost i really like that sony is doing that that they're putting they're allowing them her to pair up with this writer with whom she must feel super comfortable um and I think she's a she's a big name right now. Olivia Wilde is a lot of people would like to have her. So yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to see how this goes. Um, even if it isn't, I, I'm going to be kind of bummed though if it isn't a collaborative thing because, like I've said many times, 
they share the character rights with Marvel Studios. So if Sony's making this on their own, you're just not getting the whole character. But I, I guess, you know, either way, it's in good hands with this creative team that they have. What about the, uh, what about the uh, Triple Frontier dude? What do you think of him? I, I thought Triple Frontier was okay. Like, I don't, I don't remember when we watched it, but I remember there not being very much to do. And um, yeah. I hadn't seen it. And a lot of people had been like, oh, you should watch it. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Like, it was, it was, um, it ended differently than I thought. There was some pretty violent shit going on. Um, I think we know that Sony isn't going to be afraid to make R-rated movies with their with these superheroes. So, I mean, I, I could imagine a Craven movie getting pretty gory and pretty violent. Obviously, he's going to be out killing shit. Um, hopefully, eventually, he's hunting people instead of, um, you know, just animals. That, that would not be that <laughs> exciting of a movie. But, um, yeah, I, I think... And that's the only piece of work that I'm familiar with for that guy. And I liked it fine. I mean, I wouldn't, I haven't watched it a second time, but I, I remember it being fairly interesting. I thought he had some, he had some big actors in there and yeah, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was fine. And I think um, it was pointed out to me that it's interesting. They chose that guy because triple frontier had um, Garrett Headland and Oh, what's the other dude's name from sons of anarchy. Oh, uh, the fuck's his name? And King from Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Hunnam. Hunnam. Yeah. yeah, had those two guys in there, and we we had mentioned that Marvel Studios was looking for uh, a Joel Kinnaman type, and it was mentioned to me that that those are two guys that always get brought up when you talk about Joel Kinnaman types, um, or if you were to talk about a Joel Kinnaman type, would be those two guys, guys that are you know big, a uh, little bit little bit um more physical uh and, and so it was you know interesting that they brought this guy who has a, a relationship to those two guys on to do a craven movie when there's rumors about kinnaman types being um being cast for possibly a craven role in spider-man 3 i mean i'm i'm just sort of confused on how this is gonna like you said you mentioned spider-man 3. I'm, I'm, sur- I'm confused how it's sort of is it gonna tie in is this gonna be like another collaborative effort or how they're gonna how are they going to distinguish the MCU Craven and this version of Craven? I, like, I, it's going to be very, very fucking. Going to be very, very interesting on how they sort of tie in or not tie in these worlds together. I, I think the I think the key is kind of like what we just talked about with Flash. I think that I, you know, and I don't know any of this stuff, but I have to believe that part of the concessions that Kevin Feige had to make to, in order to keep Peter Parker in the MCU was to say, hey, we're going to make these movies, but we're going to put references to your your universe and ours. Like, And so Feige may never have to reference any of the events of the Sony movies and his, but they're going to reference events from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and theirs. And so I think you're going to see, if, if not a multiverse thing where these are all taking place on an alternate Earth, I think you're going to at least see the Sony films taking place in a pocket of the, the MCU. And so I, I wouldn't be shocked and i don't know this at all i just am going to say i wouldn't be shocked if whoever they cast as craven in spider-man 3 if that's even a thing right we still don't even know that but if if yeah. they let's say they cast uh garrett headland as craven in spider-man 3 if he then becomes the lead for the craven solo movie and and i think you're just going to continue to see more connective tissue um but i i just really do think it's going to just be one way i think it's going to be sony um using that Marvel cinematic universe to their advantage. And Kevin continues to say like, I don't really give a shit about what you do over there. Just don't kill Peter Parker. All right. That does it for this week. Uh, it was a short turnaround between recording sessions for us, but 
man, there was a lot to fit in. And we had a, a good time catching up on all the DC stuff. We are continuing at the site to try to to grow our, our DC readership a little bit and continue to be, um, like we talked about here with The Flash and Doctor Strange, for us to be the multiverse as well and to cover more than just Marvel. So um, if you guys have some ideas or suggestions about things you'd like us to see us cover as far as DC goes, please let us know. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay safe out there and continue to be well, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.